I am mostly good to go. Okay. Let's mostly start a show. And welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. I am Simon, and joining uh, me... Oh. <laughs> See? We're good at this. Yay! And joining me is Jack. Hello. Kyrie is off having a birthday, and Rob is scrabbling for a few pounds to pay bills. He's at work. Uh, so it's just the two of us this week. Um, been an interesting one. Let's hope the show goes smoother than the preparation for the show has gone. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So hello to everyone watching the live stream, as if I hadn't just been talking to you for the last 20 minutes. And <laughs> hello to everyone listening at home. Uh, before we get started, shall we do the traditional discussion of what we've been playing and watching over the last week? Yes, that, that could work. Yes, we can yes. do that. So you, you start. What have you been doing? I have been playing a whole bunch of Yakuza 0. Aha. Uh -huh. Which is a game I actually have on the PlayStation 4 and started playing on the PlayStation 4 because... Ah, you're playing on the PC, are you? I am now playing on the PC, yes. It was donated to me by a friend who was emigrating and trying to get rid of her shit before she left. And I played through it uh, for the f just over the first chapter of gameplay and really enjoyed it, but kind of just stopped playing on the consoles, really, mm. because... Uh, I'm mostly a PC gamer, and there haven't been a huge number of compelling console exclusives this generation. No, not when, they, when, when most of them end up on the PC anyway. Yeah, that's kind of... I wasn't expecting Yakuza to, but that is kind of the thing, is yeah. most games I sit there and go, I'll get it when it comes out on PC. And then Yakuza did, and it was only 15 quid. Um, and I was like, well, I got the original for free, I'll pay 15 quid, and start playing on there. And now I've gone through, like, in a bit of chapters so that's progress uh i'm loving it i'm really loving it i love it's in the same way that i really like the setting of voice city because it was so old school i'm loving yakuza zero being so late 80s early 90s not yes um the years late 80s. yeah cell phones the size of house bricks and the lead character carries a pager you know it's it's that feel yeah uh but with japan and that's a refreshing difference after uh, so many GTA games. And it's got such... Ooh, yep. Bumping the mic, I'm such a professional. Uh, it's got great characters uh, and a weird, very Japanese sense of uh, dissonance in the stories it tells. Because like the GTA games, which are just the obvious comparison I'm going to keep drawing... Oh, yeah, <laughs> you've got your main plot line of uh, gangster out for revenge, which is very GTA, and then all your side stories from the people you just encounter on the streets. And tonally, those can be very, very different. Uh, I had to break up a gang of uh, high school girls selling their underwear. <laughs> uh, yeah, that happened. Uh, also, there's a, a really charming and weird storyline where you are going to a grocery store. 
and there's a big queue outside and you chat to a kid at the end of the line and he's queuing because he saved up all his pocket money to buy a new video game that's just coming out oh. and um he's got the last reservation ticket so he says you know there's no point queuing behind me because i'm gonna get the last one but you're not there for the video game so you just walk past the queue walk in do your stuff come out a little while later, a kid is there outside the store. Go up to him, and he's he's crying. And he explains that he bought his video game, and then a bully mugged him and ran off with it. And so you're like, I'll get your game back, kid. Yeah. Because you're a good-hearted criminal thug. You're, you're um, the dragon. You yes. to sort out everyone's problems. Exactly. So you go off running after this high schooler, and as you chase him down, the high schooler gets mugged. <laughs> uh, so you have to fight the high schooler until he tells you where the guy who mugged him went, and you chase him down. And the guy who mugged the high schooler gets mugged. <laughs> so you have to fight him until he tells you where the... And this carries on for a few more escalating muggings. Wow. Until you meet a, a Yakuza who is very adamant he's not going to give you the game back to the point he pulls a gun on you, which is not something the Yakuza usually do. No. Uh, so you fight him, you take it, and he breaks down, basically tells this sob story about how his wife took his kid and it's the kid wanted the game so badly and he, he was doing it for the child and you sort of lecture him that he he's stolen it from a child. And and as a parent, how can he not see how terrible that it is? And he's like, I'm I'm not. I stole it from some goon. And it's like, yes, but through a complicated series of muggings, you've stolen it from a child. <laughs> um, and he gets very emotional in this sort of, oh, no, I was going to deny another child's happiness just to favor my own. That's That's a terrible dishonor. And as you're having this conversation, the kid runs up. And it's like, yeah, hey, you got my game. Daddy! <laughs> 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 you just sort of look between them and you're like, huh? yes, your your dad helped me get your game back. <laughs> and you look over him and he's like, uh, I guess I did in a way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they go off happy together. Yeah, it's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. Like a shaded sprite in the chat said it. It is very much like a spiritual successor to um Genui. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It is a Sega game. So Yes, no no Gachapon machines, but I am collecting toys from claw machines in Sega arcades, so mm. it's very much the spiritual successor of Shenmue. And it's that thing of that's the good number great thing about it. If you ever if you've never played some of the old Sega games, they are in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I spent Longer than I'm proud to admit, playing Space Harrier in the uh, Sega arcade mm. whilst playing Yakuza. I mean, a big a big part of that is the 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 town itself, the district that you're in. Well, both and, of them. There's at yeah. least two because I've explored two so far. And the the nightlife and the various activities you can do. Yes, there the is. karaoke, the dancing, the pool, the darts, the bowling, the clubs. The clubs, the the baseball, um, there's host, the host clubs as well. Yep, there's so much of that going on, and of course the erotic movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> which aren't that erotic, I've got to say. No, although by the time they got to Yakuza Six, they actually had real JAV actresses in them. 
Oh, no, they've got those in Yakuza 0. It's just uh, very, very softcore videos. Ah. Uh, yeah, there's a, a whole storyline with collecting collectible cards with them on that unlocks the videos. And if you watch <laughs> enough of them, you get a storyline with a guy who's obsessed with this girl and you have to try and hook him up with her because she lives in the area. And <laughs> in, in 6, I've been watching Alex play it. It's all done like a um, uh, webcam show type thing. Okay, you know one of those one of those chat sites. Yes, in and in zero, it's very much you go into a dirty shop and borrow a VHS and take it into <laughs> a private room with a one of those combined TV VHS units. Mm. <laughs> and the first time you do it, uh, it sort of watches it over the lead character's shoulder. Mm. And I have to admit, I was not interested in watching the video. I was just doing it for the mission progression, so I immediately skipped. And it just cuts to a box of tissues and the lead character going, oh, and then steam pops up. Achievement unlocked. I did it for the achievement. <laughs> That's brilliant. But yeah, it's a great series. Considering it started all the way back on the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And, and I- I've heard rumors that basically... Because Zero is a prequel, Zero is essentially the first one in the narrative. Mm-hmm. It coming to PC is like the first step of them launching remastered versions of the whole franchise on the PC, which I'm going to end up buying and playing them all at this point, I have to say. So, I mean, currently you can get Zero, uh, Yakuza Kiwari 1, which is the complete remake of the original game, Mm. Uh, I think in the Zero engine, then... Uh, coming out, I think it's either out now or soon to be out, is Kamari 2, which is the remake of 2. Nice. Number 6 engine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a little weird, but cool, I'll go with it. They're releasing uh, 3, 4, and 5, which were on the PS3 as HD remasters. Because mm-hmm. it's easy enough to do that. Yeah, they're, they're sort of close thing. enough engine-wise yeah. already. Then obviously there's 6 has been out uh, this year. Yeah. And I don't know if they are going to do a HD remaster for it, but on the PS3, there was also Yakuza Dead Souls, which was the zombie game. <laughs> There's actually a zombie mission in Zero. And it's it's the only Yakuza game where you use guns. All right, Sprite is saying that Zero and Six are actually the same engine. Oh, are they? Okay. I imagine they're extremely close to each other, if yeah, not the same. Say. Yeah, because it came out... Much before six did so. I mean, let's face it. Uh, every Valve game since Half Life Two has been released on technically the same engine. Yeah, that, that's true. It's technically the same engine, even if it has evolved quite significantly mm. between every single game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've got well, I got I've got Zero and Kamari One, and I've got four and five on the ps3 that i got via playstation plus a long time ago mm. um so i'm gonna pick up three and six then i've got the lot for now i'd maybe, say maybe pick up dead souls i maybe. really like the fighting in it yeah uh, i love the different modes although why anyone would use anything other than beast mode i don't know <laughs> Because there is something delightful about having a fight in an office and just grabbing every chair to hand and beating people to death with it. Yeah. In 6, they removed the different 
modes. It's just the one fighting Aww, style. That's a shame. It, it does work, though. It makes sense in the narrative of the game, sort of mm. thing. Um, which makes it interesting when another game, another series franchise is getting a, is getting a Western release of its new title yeah. this year. Uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh, hello. It's getting a PS4 game out this year. It's out in Japan, I think, already, and it's getting its Western release later this year. Maids using the Yakuza 6 engine by the Yakuza team. Right. The Yakuza voice actors. Okay, that could so, be interesting. So Kiryu is voicing Kenshiro. That works. Yeah. So, and, yeah, they're all, they're all in it. So and it looks, hmm. it's very pretty. I mean, if the listeners want to Google the Fist of North, the Hokuto Shinken uh, PS4 tra- uh, Japanese advert for it, it is amazing. Cause it's it's typical, you know, Japanese live action over the topness. Okay, I mean, it would be. It's Fist of the North Star. Yeah. Well, it's a guy in the off in an office. Uh, and he gets like I think like an energy drink off a girl mm. that he he likes, and then suddenly he turns you know he turns into a big CG Kenshiro with his own head though. Okay. <laughs> and then you know he starts he starts doing all the bit, and then he got gets knocked the fuck out by the lady in question. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, okay. it's Japanese weirdness, and it shows you like there's a big thing that shows you you know the game and the. Blah, blah, blah. And then it just ends back in this thing where she's treating his wounds that she's created on his face while doing the, <laughs> the Fist of North Star sound effects and his peck twitching from the pain. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that sounds pretty great. It's worth a look because it's. I love it. The first time I saw it was in like they've they've, they've since subtitled it. So I mean, but the first time I saw it was in Japanese, and I, and I was just like, I don't need to know what's the saying. This is just brilliant by itself. <laughs> and I mean, as for what I've been watching, um, I'm not ready to talk about it at length because I haven't seen very much of it yet. But I've seen, I think I've seen enough to know I want to talk about it. But I, I especially feel like Rob would kill me if we decided to have this conversation now. Uh, I have been watching a bit of Final Space. Yay! Yes, we need Rob for this one. We do. We do. This show is great. Uh, so there you go, listeners. That's a guaranteed upcoming episode topic will be Final Space, the Netflix series. Uh, just need to burn through the rest of that, which mm, shouldn't take too long. It's not That's huge. Episodes, uh, yep. It's not very long. Yep, I'm like and a third of the way through it already. Yeah, and it's got great cast, uh, really good animation. Considering it was originally a YouTube short. Hmm before it got picked up it's yeah and there's not much there's not much changed from the short i gotta admit i i probably would have bounced off it if it hadn't been for so many people whose opinion i trust telling me it's really good uh the first couple of episodes okay but it's i it's a show that needs time to build i think yes but we will talk about more of, of final space when i have seen more of final space yeah it's not it's not <laughs> It's not a super long build to the start, but it's got a little bit of a build. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Jen, Jen just asked me to ask 
uh, to ask you and the guys listening in. Have you heard of the Jap- the Japanese? Uh, do you know of Long Long Man? I do not. <laughs> right. So what it is, it's uh, an ad, a series of ads uh, with an on-running continuity to it mm-hmm. about uh, office man, office lady, uh, trying to get into a relationship with each other. And they both like this particular brand of, uh, like, chewy, Maoam-style treat, sweet type thing. Okay. And you can get them in little sort of like inch long type packet sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then as they're talking away to each other, da, 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 in the background, you just hear long, long man. And this guy just appears behind the, the, the love interest. And he's got like a foot long version of the suite. Right. Okay. And he's sort of like peeling it in half, sort of thing, and it's just, just like because <gasps> it's bigger. Uh, yes. And it's just, and it's and that's just how and it and she cuts back to it cuts back to the other guy and it's like is everything okay and it's like yeah yeah it's fine and it just keeps going on and these situations where it's like oh I love these little sweets and then this long long man appears but every time it's this long long man and. I'm not going to spoil the end because it is a, <laughs> it is a consist, consistent storyline to it. Okay. It has continuity. You need to, if you don't know it, you need to YouTube it. It's fantastic. Fair An advert about sweets, you know, Japan do things very differently. They do. And it always works. <laughs> I mean, and... you know, Tommy Lee Jones is a robot advertising the energy drink. Yeah. That works. It does. And Shaded Sprite says that Laura Dale uh, tried it on stage at Amicon. And I have to say, whatever panel ah. that was, I was not there. I missed that. Queer <laughs> and present strangers. Was that Tab's panel? One of Tab's panels, potentially? It Potentially. I don't know. I don't know what panel it was. But um, yeah, Queer and Pleasant Strangers is an excellent podcast that Laura Dale does. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was not an AME event. I, encou- I did meet Laura whilst I was at AME and had a chat. Uh, not the first time I'd met her, but as far as she was concerned, it might as well have been, because we met a long time ago at, in a pub in London. <laughs> as you do. And and since then, of course, she has gone on to be like the editor of Kotaku UK and oh. featuring in the Jimquisition podcast. And I have continued doing this. So <laughs> we've had very different <laughs> career tracks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Duket in the chat room asks if we have any Game of Thrones predictions. Uh, the only one I can offer is that I predict I will continue not to watch or read it. Uh, I, <laughs> I predict it will end. Well, yeah, we can make predictions that it won't be out for a while. <laughs> that last book is going to take a while. I know that from last year there were 300 girls named Arya. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because talk- I was talking about it at work today. Um, about you know people naming, there you go people naming people you know uh pop culture things and how daenerys and khaleesi and Tyrion is another big popular one uh yep. but it's just like she made it uh, the um my manager made a good point on the fact of she's called Arya in the show but that's not how it's written 
How is it written? Uh, Arya. So A R Y A. I mean, that can just be pronounced Arya. Yeah. <laughs> she gets she gets a bit into. Uh, she's a writer, so she gets really into pronunciation and stuff. Yeah, but you need context yeah. such as accents and dialects. Um, yeah. I, I think if it's pronounced that way in the show, it's probably pronounced that way. And there you yeah. go. Official prediction from Zoe, who does read the books uh, off camera, is that Jon Snow will come back from the dead in the next book. There you go. That's probably a safe prediction. Yeah. On account of how it's already done. <laughs> oh, yeah, on account of how it's already happened in the TV show. So that's probably fairly safe. <laughs> yeah. Jen's prediction is that people will die and there will be boobies. I think those are also pretty safe predictions. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been watching and playing? Um, what have I been watching? So I know you've been playing Nino Kuni 2. I have. I've been playing that ever since Father's Day. We're going to build up to that. <laughs> it's Yeah, I put over, I've put over 70 hours into it so far. Um, so... I've been watching a new, another Netflix series that's new, fairly new, called um, with Evie called Dino and Cupcake General Services. That was like the featured uh, thing when I loaded up Netflix tonight. That was just all up in my face. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it looked bright and colourful. Yeah, it's it's a, a dinosaur person and a cupcake person. And they are brothers, and they live, I think they live, from what I've seen, they live in a supermarket They work that's owned by their uncle, and they work for their uncle. But on the flip side, they have their own business as a general services company. Any job you want done, we'll do it. And wacky hijinks and hilarity ensues. Okay. Target age range? Um... Eight to how old do you want to get, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, do you it's enjoy it? it? Do I? Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. It fits into that whole, neat, you know, um, Steven Universe, Adventure Time, Gravity Falls, that kind of weirdness, because it's, you know, a dinosaur and a cupcake man. Yes. Uh, in a weird universe where this sort of stuff works. He's not the only cupcake man. There, they are, uh, they are in a, a race. Okay, so they are not unique oddities within their world. It's no. more like BoJack Horseman, where you just accept this is what the world is. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I don't know much about. I don't know about Dino. I've not seen any other dinosaurs so far. Okay. But, um, but cupcakes are fairly common. Cupcakes, yeah. They're, they're, you know, there's a whole there's a whole thing about uh, one episode where cupcake, because as his name is just cupcake gets framed for deface like destroying or stealing a statue uh of the cupcake like Martin Luther King essentially type. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Implying that the cupcakes had a horrible era of repression and a civil rights movement. Potentially. That's um, pretty dark for an eight year old. Uh who by the end of it all was framed by a muffin person. <laughs> Right, okay. Because cupcakes are, you know, they're fun and quirky and lovely and cute and da da da. Muffins are just bland. So she wanted to, <laughs> she wanted to, you know, stir shit up, essentially. Okay. 
Also, isn't having a cupcake person just called cupcake a bit like having a person called person? Yeah, but they have a dinosaur person called dino. Yeah, but as you said, you haven't seen many other dinosaurs, if any. That is, that so is true. That it, is that's true, a unique yeah. case. But if the cupcake people are common and this person is just called cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> I shall I call that's... my child human. Nominative determinism. I'm hoping they'll grow up into one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> give him a give them a trait you want them to be human. Yes. Uh, that, that they are human, aren't they? No, no human. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, other than that, I went away to see family last week, and which is great. Which meant I went to the arcades by the ah old school gaming. Yes, and. Uh, yeah, there was a a whole bunch of new stuff I'd never seen before. New school gaming. <laughs> new. Oh, there, there was still plenty of old school stuff, but there was lots of like newer versions of old school stuff. Yeah. So, so what's in the arcades? I'm I might need to track this down because there is the Namco arcade on the South Bank, but mm. I don't go unless I know I'm going for something because it's a bit out of the way. Mm. So. If you're a DDR fan, there's a new DDR machine. That doesn't uh, usually surprise me. Yeah, uh, but it's a, I think it was, was a DDR-A, or Alpha, I guess. And it's like the greatest hits machine. Ah, it's okay. It's got all, all the mega mixes. It's got a dedicated gaming section, J-pop section, anime section to it. Um, at first I thought, oh, this is just this, this arcade's own machine. But then I saw it on one of the other arcades. I was like, oh, no, no, this is a actual new machine. And okay, so there is basically a the one to get DDR machine now. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, and it's sort of like some of the best hits. So there was, you know, uh, from each Mega Mix. And you're, you know, it was. Yeah, if you like your DDR, that was great. Cool. I saw. I saw. What else? I see. I saw a Luigi, the Luigi's Mansion arcade machine. Oh, nice! So that's a like a sitting cabin style one, and your gun is the vacuum nozzle. Yeah. Well, it would have to be. And it's the two player. Two player. Uh, there was a lot of these type of cabin machines around now. So there was that one. There was a Walking Dead one. Where the gun of choice was a crossbow. Again, not a huge surprise. There was a generic kind of horror one, but it was there was no brand to it that I recognised. But it did have it was a uh, was it four D or five D experience? Okay, right. I'm with you on at least three of those D's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what were the other D's? So. Uh, I'm gonna go with 4D because because I know uh, I can't figure <laughs> out what the 50 would be in this situation. But yeah, you know, get in the cabinet, pick up your gun, yep. put on a pair of 3D specs, mm -hmm. and then it has you know, the rumble seats, air blast, all that kind of thing built into it. Yeah. Okay. So and, like the 4D cinema experiences. Yeah. And you know, I was just just watching the running video on it. And it got a fucking jump scare out of me from a fucking running video because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I was just like, oh, brilliant. 
Thanks for this. That oh. sounds like a game I'm in no hurry to play. No. <laughs> uh, what else was there? There was uh, a new uh, Daytona. Always welcome. Yep. There was a... Was it Need for Speed? Was there a Need for Speed arcade machine? There was like a Need for... Uh, machine of some variety, but it was a newer version of that one. Mm. Um, some of the bigger things I saw were like, here is totally not Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> Uh, ticket machines where it's like you know same sort of like like the boot like the cabinet machines two uh, two blaster set up shooting targets uh interesting enough they were like water squirters so you actually shot water at these targets which was pretty cool okay and you got tickets out of it then but there was like three or four variants of that but it was like i heard the plants versus zombie theme and i was like what on earth is it what what and then i saw the setup where the blasters were the ice flower I was like, okay, that's, they know about this one, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I've seen the Flappy Bird arcade machine and yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen the that candy, one. I've seen the Candy Crush saga machine. Yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, I've seen the, what was the other one I saw? The uh, Doodle Jump machine. Oh, right. No, I've not seen that one. But yeah. again, not a huge surprise. No, these are all ticket machines. Uh, Oh gosh, what else did I see? I did take pictures of it all, but it's with my phone, and my phone is not with me at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. So I've got those for later. <gasps> the wife is amazing. Huzzah. Your phone has magically appeared at your side. My phone has magically appeared. <laughs> uh, this makes great listening. I didn't even hear that, I just thought about doing it. Thank you, Dan. Uh, this makes for a great audio show. There we go. So it was the Crossy Road machine. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And the same same idea. But they, were, they designed it so it's chicken versus duck. <laughs> I think it was trackball as well. That's weird. Trackball slash button. Okay. Yeah. Mm. There was like a um, build a tower type game. There's loads of those like on mobile, bottles. so but, that makes sense. Yeah, but um, the thing that was interesting about this one was that it was a four-person machine, so one to each side, with a pyramid top to it, which was see-through, and it was like a hologram mm. for, for the tower. Yeah. And like each each side had their own screen built into it. Huh. So like, you know, it, you weren't all working on the same tower, you were working on individual towers. Yeah. But it was a hologram you were looking at. So you can look straight through to the other side. That's so kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Put this, the 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 pier in the seaside has had a. They had four million pounds at the moment go into renovating the pier, and the arcades and stuff. So, yeah, a lot of new stuff. So it's looking a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> ah, dance, dance, revolution. A yes, alpha. That's what it was. Cool. Uh, let me just mention, okay, da, 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 da. Uh, there was the Star Wars Battle Pod machine. Oh, those were actually pretty neat. I've had a go on those. I was like, what is this delightful thing? <laughs> and uh, was the one you tried um, Empire themed? 
Yes, I think it was. Yeah, because when this one was, you know, it had the Empire logo. It was all yeah, black. yeah, yeah. It looked like a TIE fighter pod. Yes. That and was actually at the uh, the Namco Center on the South Bank where I tried that one. And I was like, this is awesome. It just threw me back to, like, the, the old um, arcade flyer. Uh, jet fighter machine type things. Uh, Afterburner. Yes. Afterburner is definitely what it makes me think of. And again, good shout from the wife. I'll put the pictures up on the Facebook page. Good plan. Yes. Yes. For those who don't know. Uh, so, Japan. They love their card games and their video games. And they have a variety of game machines that combine the two. Collectible cards that work for a video game. Uh, hey, everyone heard that. <laughs> I was just looking at the Star Wars Battle Pod webpage and it became very noisy. <laughs> was that a droid? It was. Was it D2? It was an astromech. It was oh, an okay. audio only, I don't know, and a voice saying launch all fighters and then I immediately closed the tab. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so moving on. Yeah, so they got... Um... I found an arcade machine called the Animal Kaiser. And it's, right. a, it's a collectible card game okay. arcade machine where you can scan the your cards to put them into the game where you collect, like, you know, predators to fight against each other in a one-on-one pokemon style Okay. Um... And so all of the joy of microtransactions, but in the arcade. Yeah. And you <laughs> what you fun. Get, you get in this collectible cars and there's, you know, there's lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. And uh, I guess every country gets their own like d- distinct repre- uh, represent- representative for a creature. Okay. The United Kingdom is a great white shark. Um, sure? Yeah. Why not? Why, yeah. Why not? I'm like, huh, a great white shark on an arcade on a pier. (laughs) Okay. And uh, this was a newer version of something I've actually played before. So I was like, oh, okay. You are still around, huh? And it's all in English. It's not. It's not one of these, you know, completely imported machines where there is there is nothing you can understand from it. Yeah, it's a localized cabinet. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, what else is there? Oh, there was the uh, Space Invaders Frenzy Machine. What the fuck? So again, dual player shooter style game. Yeah. Uh, Space Invaders. You know, it's fairly standard. You know, you know Space Invaders, you know how... I know Space Invaders, yeah. The difference was is that in this one is that there will be certain variations of the aliens where it's it takes up half you know, a quarter of the screen. So it takes a lot of shots to take it down when it was split into smaller ones in that sort of style. But the screen goes pretty much from like the floor to the ceiling. Cool. It's like uh, like an LED sc- uh, little LED screen. It was really cool to look at. Yeah, it sounds it. Um, the 
and all these ticket machines all all seem to be made by the same company as well. A company called Raw Frills. I imagine that's a somewhat declining market. So I guess there is kind of one company making them all now. Yeah. I mean, it was really well made and you know, it was quite it was just something unusual to see. But yeah, the Walking Dead. Uh a Ghostbusters twin gun shooter game. I can dig that. I um I mean, looking at the the, the setup, they're not quite proton packed machines, but they've got giant glowing, uh, you know, nuclear warning s- stickers on the middle. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> uh, it might be like a mix of slime and energy. Looking at it, uh, there's a new aliens um, cabinet, aliens Armageddon. Okay, was that a, another um, shooter, I yep. presume? Yeah, in, in the classic style, pick up the big assault rifle, stand there, uh, but not shoot off screen. You have to hit the clip on the bottom of the, of the clip. The, oh, the, slam the button, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's reload. cool. I like well, that. That's that's pretty cool. Um, a Jurassic Park cabinet ride. Yeah, well, that franchise is back with a vengeance, so yep. of course... There was a new. There was a, for some reason a new Terminator Salvation Machine. Uh, why? It's in the. It's you know, looking at it. It's just they've they've put a Terminator skin over the Aliens game. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. <laughs> it's the same same gun yeah, setup, yeah. same cabinet. Uh, yeah, Daytona Championship USA. Uh, oh, this one was cool. Uh, I mean, it's fairly old game by now, but I didn't know this cabinet existed. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympics. Oh, sweet. And you can have, it was up, uh, in this one it was like two by, it was like two machines, but in one of the other arcades it was a line of four. And you stand on the platform and there's like two uh, sticks of balls on top that you hold on to, and for the various sports you twirl them around or you know you move them back and forth like we motion controls yeah also and hello mr junior in the chat room welcome to the stream hello and yeah i was like that's really cool that I've is pretty cool i like that and it's like that and the whole you know if you got if you got a whole bunch of you doing it together it's like yeah that makes sense and, very uh, cool Another, I'm, another... I'm so glad to hear that there are new arcade machines. Yeah. It's it's not dead yet. It feels no. like it's on the brink, but it's felt like it's been on the brink for about a decade. Yeah. But, you know, the if the weather continues as it is for the years coming, trips to the seaside, they make them a big thing again. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, and, well, not just yeah. the weather, but, of course, I mean... Not to get too dark about it, the economy's going to tank and a lot of people won't be able to afford to go abroad. No. So <laughs> I think domestic holidaying is going to become a thing. And, yeah, the peers are probably going to see a lot more action. Yep. In another another vein of app-turned-arcade machine, there was the Piano Keys game. Yeah, that does seem to be a trend. Yep. Like, these mobile games, I mean, my, my God, like, the idea ever since Candy Crush took off... They just get everywhere. Yep. There must be an Angry Birds arcade cabinet. There must oh, yeah. be. That's there must be about five. 
It's been around for ages. That one <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. And I think I've seen very, I've seen various versions of it where it's been like an actual pullback slingshot to yeah. an arcade like a joystick, a joystick and a big button that says shoot. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad they're doing it right. Mm. If they're going to do it at all, they've got to do it right. And then uh, on the flip side of it all, I saw a, a machine that. It made me die a little inside. Oh, no. It was a ticket, again, ticket machine in the mm-hmm. well. And it was it was in the same arcade as the stackable tower game. And yes. The, it was a fidget spinner machine. What? So it basically worked on, like, RPM. So the faster spinner wins. Yeah, and oh, you hit. Yeah, and you get and you get ticket again, ticket machine. But it was a case of it's like, oh, you didn't spin it fast enough. I guess it's no different to a fucking test your strength or punch no. as hard as you can machine. But, but yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> like, uh, I couldn't really get a good picture of it because there was a lot of fucking people wanting to go on it. And and of course. The spinners were spinning really fast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, these kind of single-skill ticket machines are not new, but, yeah, I, I feel your pain. I did do one other thing on the pier. I had to go on the, the, the amazingly rigged in our uh, pier games of a archery shoot target type thing. Okay. Which, you know, I it was a full-size bow, which had been over-rigged so it was too hard to pull, and the the little, the the, the clip to put the, the, to notch the arrow onto was made of rubber, rather than metal, and mm-hmm. it was inside a, uh, a booth that, you know, to get into the right distance to actually be able to hit anything, you couldn't actually lift the, the, the bow up correctly, so you had to step back. And then they put the target higher than you'd think it would be. I okay. still managed to win something, though. What did you win? I won a soft toy for Eevee. Aw. Last, last six, it was like six shots, final shot, bullseye. I was like, and... <laughs> The woman seemed really reluctant to give me a prize, except for the fact of I brought a whole bunch of people to the booth because I actually did it. <laughs> and then she was like, I think she was more willing to, to actually give me something to get more money out of people. Yeah, you got to be seen to have a winner. Yes. Like, even the three-card Montiacs used to know that. Yeah. That's why, like, the claw machines, you know, their they're percentage for for the actual claw to give enough power at something like 10%. Yeah. And, and it's like one in every area between 75 to 150 plays. And it's just like, yeah, you'll win eventually. <laughs> if you keep pumping the money in. Yeah. That's if her. you spend about 30 quid, you'll probably win this toy worth two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it uh, works, folks. That's the scam. Christ, the amount of fucking pinata llama toys I saw. Pinata llama? 
Yeah, over uh, Fortnite. Oh, okay. Yeah. I play Overwatch. I don't know anything about no, Fortnite. I don't play it either, but that shit's everywhere. It is. I'm surprised there was no Battle Royale or Arcade Machine or some variety. Well, it would be hard to have 100 people on the same cabinet. I guess. But interesting proposition. An arcade that is just the same game. Just yeah. every cabinet is the same game in a network. <laughs> it's kind of what slots are. That's just a land centre, is yeah. what that is. Yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> but no one wants that anymore. Do it from home. I mean, they do. It's Battle Royale now. Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry, I just <laughs> I flashed into a nightmare world where that was actually a thing. It's just training for the future, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Shall we talk about Nino Kuni? We can do. So, here is as much as I know about Nino Kuni. Go on. It is a video game. Yep. And the Another World redirects to its page on Wikipedia, yep. disambiguating it from Another World, which is a video game I love, but <laughs> is not what we're talking about, that was released in America as Out of This World because Another World was a confusing title. Not because of Nino Kuni, but because of the soap opera Another World, <laughs> causing them to rename the game Out of This World, despite the fact there was also a popular science fiction TV show called Out of This World. <laughs> That's admittedly more about Another World than it is about Nino Kuni, but that is the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nino Kuni is a series of games um, that have crossed... A few systems. Uh, they've they've been four in all. Uh, developed by uh, Level Five, and uh, they've is, been. Is this the thing that Level Five are known for, or would I know any just, of their other work? Uh, uh, hang on. Professionalism. I've answered my own question by clicking on a link and gone. Oh, they're the Professor Layton guys. I know yes. them. Yes. They, they are one of the big localization sort of companies. Right, gotcha. Yeah. So you Dark Cloud, Dark Chronicles, uh, Rogue Galaxies, and the like from the PS2 era. Lots of DS stuff. Uh, yeah, lo- lots of localizations. <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. And it's good money. It is. It is. Um, so yeah, Nina Kuni... Uh, I have only played the two PlayStation titles, mm-hmm. which were Nino Kuni Wrath of the, uh, Wrath of the White Witch. God, I had to get that one correct. <laughs> God. And uh, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. And uh, Nino Kuni uh, White Witch, let's just go with that. Uh, Nino Kuni 1, in this case for me, uh, was on the PS3, and Nino Kuni 2 was on the PS4. Gotcha. Uh, Nino Kuni 1 uh, came out in... Was it January 2013 sort of time? Okay. Uh, and it had a lot of press around it because the you had the uh, production studio of uh, Ghibli working on it. Oh, Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's a big selling point. 
Yep. Like they, even I've heard of them. Yeah. They <laughs> they helped uh a lot they did a lot of the animated sequences because in this one it was in the first in this first one it was more classical animation to it whereas in number 2 it's CG animation. Right. So mm. it's like the cutscenes and things are, yes. are Ghibli animated. Yes. Oh, that's and, pretty cool. And the original score was uh, co-composed by Joe Higarashi. Mm. I see. Hisashi, sorry. Uh, that's neat. Okay, yeah. I didn't know this, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm on board conceptually. Mm. And then the, <laughs> sequ- the sequel, Nintendo uh, 2, uh, Ghibli weren't on board with this one because it did well, but not well enough for them to continue. Yeah, I mean with it. that that's a big money player right there. Yeah, it would have had to have been the JRPG to keep them around, I guess. But they kept the team kept the style. Okay, so there hmm. were some parts that Ghibli sort of still helped out on conceptually, but they didn't do any of the proper work themselves. Okay, you know, you know. And um, so the first Nino Kuni works. So we'll continue with that one before I go. We'll start at the beginning and then end. Start at the beginning, proceed through the middle, come to the end, and stop. Yes. <laughs> so um, Nino Kuni 1 is a JRPG, as is my <laughs> wheelhouse, I suppose. I, yeah, I think games. of the hosts, you and yeah. Kyrie live in the JRPG territory. I've probably played more JRPGs than probably all uh, the rest of you three combined. I would say that's a fair bet. Yeah, it, it's my it's the thing I like. I mean, I RPG. certainly don't add much to the totals there. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, the combat mechanics interesting in it, in that it's got your free player team of your characters mm-hmm. who can interact directly with the enemies of the world of the game. But it, the big thing to it is got its own creature capture mechanic. So it's got its own Pokemon esque catch a monster, raise a monster, evolve it, you know, build a team that each character has their own one they can use and they right. can switch out. Sort of okay. thing and that's, that's your main way of fighting in the game is using your creatures. So like each of you is a creature trainer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but you can still directly attack from your own set of skills. So it's like Pokemon. If Ash could run over and slap a bitch. Yeah. Or, (laughs) you know, the idea of why don't team rocket just use guns? Yeah. Which, you know, these are both questions or or both things that I wish to see in Pokemon. (laughs) Like, trainer-on-trainer violence. Why has that not happened? It seems so obvious to me. But then I play a lot of Western games, so it would. Yes. Um, But the story of the first one, uh, you control a young boy called Oliver, who, uh, at the start of the game, his mother goes missing. And uh, a soft toy you own... It was given to you by your mother, comes to life. As they a, do, yeah. As they do. And he is a fairy, and his name is Mr. Drippy. And he's just been pretending to be your soft toy spying on you all your life. Yes. How sinister. And he talks with a northern accent. Northern 
As uh, in British Northern. As in British Northern, sorry, okay. yes. Uh, JRPG, and, had to check. Yep. Uh, so, subtitles are useful, <laughs> even if you are from Britain. So it's a broad Northern accent, Yes. Then. Okay. Lots of, lots of YX and whatnot. And uh, you get pulled into the fantasy fantasy world. Where the another are, world? It's another world. I can't remember if it's actually the new if the world is called Nino Kuni right now. Uh, or that's just the, the the overall name for the game. Um, so the, it's. Can she stop? <laughs> are you binging? She's dinging me. Put your yes, phone fuck. on silent. Yeah, I'm trying. It's my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fuck fairies because of Changeling. Ah! I mean, you can fuck the fairies in Changeling if you want, but that will not end well for you. Nah. <laughs> uh, that one. Shush. Anyway. No, it's just literally the, the magical world is referred to as the other world. Okay. It has no particular name to it. I think even number two, it doesn't actually give it a name. It's just the world they live in. Um, and yeah, you, you set out into this other world and you become a magician and yeah, you become the prophesized hero, you know, the one, the, 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 the one who will come and free the world from the great evil and bring, bring everything back to normal. I turned you off. <laughs> so of course it's all prophecy and, uh, Destiny, because yes. it's a JRPG. So if, of course you have to be the prophesied hero. Of course. I'm just gonna turn this shit off. Um, According to Wikipedia, Drippy has a Welsh accent. He may well do. It's been a while since I played the <laughs> first one because obviously I've been playing number two. A lot. Specifically, citing Rod Gilbert, the Welsh comedian, as reference. Which yes, actually, yeah. I um, now kind of want to play a game where the stuffed toy come to life fairy companion is actually voiced by Rod Gilbert. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And um, <laughs> yeah, so and you progress for the world, and you you gain your team members that consist of um. A young, uh, what was she? She was, she was a um, harpist. So she was, she was someone he met along the journey who he first heard her via his music, via her playing, sort of thing. And as the story progressed, you helped her out. She joined you, and then you met uh, a bounty hunter, and so on and so on. And you get your team of characters and. You work your way through to, to to fight the big the big bad, which in this case is a, is like a shadow dragon. Mm. This is definitely an unorthodox collection of heroes. Yes, these because it's a, the whole fantasy fantasy thing to it. I yes. suppose they've, they've gone. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, that's as much as I know about the first Inokuni because I didn't play it super much because. I found the first one, the 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 
actually found the cap the Pokemon monster capture mechanic annoying. Okay. Yeah. So I've still got it. I'll go back to it eventually and get through it, finish it off, sort of thing. But so the, it, the Ghibli animation not enough to pull you through the capturing and fighting mechanic then. Well, the the animation the Ghibli animation was only in it for certain scenes. It wasn't. It's not a continuous flow. Right. So, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, the character designs outside of the animation were based on obviously the Ghibli the Ghibli design. So yeah. There is that to it, but you know, once once you're not in a cutscene, it's your standard cartoon, like, you know, Ghibli style cartoony JRPG. Gotcha. Yeah. So then that was 2013. Roll on to 2017, 18. Nino Kuni Two: Revenant Kingdom came out. Um. And it technically is a direct sequel, but it's set some time after the original. Okay. Often quite a good way to do it, especially when yeah. there's been a long break or you're changing the style because you can yeah. win over a whole new audience. Yeah. And um, the game starts off with a very interesting tone. So you start the game off, uh, the video sequence starts off with the president of the United States of America, okay, riding in the cat in his cavalcade over. Uh, I assume it's the Brooklyn Bridge, going into New York. Well, there's a few bridges it could be. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 you know, from this I couldn't tell you which one it was. Yeah. Uh, discussions happening in the car between him and one of his aides, and then. Missiles go flying flying over the top of him, and a nuke goes off in New York City. That's that's a different start yep. than a teddy bear coming to life. <clears throat> and it yeah, you know, the explosion happens, and the cars get wiped out, and you see him still alive under the wreckage, unconscious, and suddenly he glows blue and vanishes. Right. Okay. So magical president. Mm-hmm. Cuts to um, the other world, where the story now follows uh, a young boy called Evan Pettywhisker Tildrum, who is the uh, young king of Ding Dong Dell, uh, a city of this uh, kingdom of this other world, and. Uh, he is only, he has recently become king as his father passed away, and uh, as the, this part opens, he uh, in this kingdom it's split up between the Grimalkin, who are cat people, and uh, I don't know why they don't have a name like Grimalkin, but the rodent people. Okay, so, cat, so mice and rats people and uh, the rodent people are now uh, having a coup just referred to as mousekin on the wikipedia ah there we go and they they uh, are taking over the kingdom with their with their leader who was 
the king's right-hand man originally. Are they doing it by nuking the city? No, they are just <laughs> coming in. <laughs> they're coming in with swords ablazing. And uh, young Evan is in his room when suddenly there is a blue glow in the corner and uh, a young man appears. Ah, Mr. President. Mr. President. <laughs> now, one thing I didn't mention was before Mr. President disappeared, he was an older man. And now he is a younger man? Now he is a young man. Oh. With long black hair. Where before he was a, an older man with short grey hair. So he becomes a little bishier. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> How useful. And the pre- this is uh, Roland, is his name. And uh, President Roland. President Roland, yes. I kind That's his first of, name. I kind of adore <laughs> Japanese companies coming up with American characters and naming them. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, they don't necessarily get names that are outright wrong, but they they there's a certain cultural nuance to names that I mean, admittedly, if I was naming Japanese characters, I would get it horribly wrong. Yeah. So I love <laughs> President Roland. That's beautiful. It, it, it's a uh, yeah, and um, obviously it's a bit of a surprise to both of them that this is happening and. Uh, then the doors to his bedroom are kicked open by some uh, mousekin soldiers, and Roland pulls out his uh, 9mm Beretta and shoots them. <laughs> I, I'm so glad the president was armed. Yep, because huzzah. I wonder how many US presidents do pack heat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... So yeah, so and then he's like, so he registers the fact that this this child is the king and the rightful heir, and like, right, let's uh, let's get out of here. And then he, and Evan's like, I don't really trust you. You just magically appeared in my room and then shot people and then shot people. <laughs> and it's not even a case of what is this machine you're using. There are guns in this world. Granted, they don't shoot bullets, they shoot magic. But still. A bullet is a kind of magic. It's alchemy. It converts lead into dead people. (laughs) It's a dead people. Brilliant. But yes. uh, And then they they make their escape with Evan's uh, attendant, Ariel. uh, Is it. uh, God, how is it pronounced? It's. uh, uh, Aranella. That's it. Aranella, and um, you make your way through the castle, and uh, you get a sword off one of the enemies, uh, and you fight your way through. Now, the fighting mechanic in this game is much different to Nino Kuni, the original Nino Kuni, where Nino Kuni one is your monster battle with like the super attack being the spell that you use. Yeah, in Nino Kuni two, it's an action RPG. Okay. It is a hack and slash, square for square for light attack, triangle for heavy attack. So more sort of Breath of the Wildy. Yeah, kind of thing. And the combat works in two styles. If you're in a dungeon type setting, uh, you run into the enemies on they just they're there in front of you. You go into battle, defeat them, you carry on. Whereas if you're out on like the world map. 
you run into an enemy and then you go, it takes you into a random encounter. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, quick question. So yes. from the start of the game to the first mm-hmm. bit of gameplay, how long is it? Seven to ten minutes. Oh, that's not too bad. It's fairly quick. Because I'm, I'm, which is surprising. It's something I'm. I've played some Metal Gear recently. I'm playing Yakuza. Uh, I'm, I'm playing more Japanese games than you would usually do. Mm. And one of the things that keeps occurring to me is how very narrative heavy they are, and how gameplay light they tend to be. Yeah. This, and I was just wondering if this followed that trend. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is, you know, there's a lot to take in. There's, there's still a lot of reading and whatnot because it's not completely voiced. There is, there are uh, certain scenes where the dialogue is voiced, mm. and obviously the cutscenes are voiced. Yes. Other than that, you'll get a, like when a dialogue will be like, "Huh, oh, that's not right," <laughs> and all this kind of like yep. expressions and sound effects yeah. to dialogue. I mean, I was mostly comparing it to Phantom Pain, where it's literally half an hour before you actually no, get Christ, to play no. anything. It, it, it is not uh, no Metal Gear. Yeah, and it, this is, Yakuza it, has surprisingly long cutscenes as well. Like, I sat down to play it last night, and mm. in the entire time I played it, I had three short fights, and the rest was all cutscene. <laughs> I was playing wow. it for like I don't know forty minutes. Yeah. No, it this actually gets you in it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, and uh, as you make your way through, uh, you get to a part where you have to do a bit of like stealthing through the open air garden so you don't get caught by the guards because all the enemies at this part of the game are all, uh, for this part are way more powerful than you, and you don't want to get into a fight. Um, and eventually make your way through, and you end up in like the maids era area, and you meet a maid who who is one of the Grimmel kin who. It helps you out, and it gives uh, you get a weapon, a, a, a was it a weapon ring? They called it. I I do mm. have to ask. Yes, we've already encountered cat maids. Yes. How anthro cat maid are we talking? Is it cutesy fantasy cat maid, or is it fan service cat maid? No, no, it's cute fantasy. Okay, good. It, it's it's a um. Not quite medieval era because there is technology. Yeah, but it's it's fantasy technology. Gotcha. Sort of thing. So it's 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 if you say it's like a Khajiit. Yes. Think like that, you know, yep. when it comes to cats, cat people. Cool. Okay. And, and the mouse kin, and then you've got uh, more girl cat yeah. than cat girl. Yes. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Although um, Evan is interesting because he is half Grimalkin, half human, so he is. So he's a, a bit cat boy. He is cat boy. Okay. So yeah, he is mostly human and then has cat ears and a tail. So pure cat boy then. Yes. Okay. We'll let them off on that because it's the protagonist. And you know it, they put the tropes off. Oh, he likes fish an awful lot. <laughs> and uh so yeah and you get given a uh i think it's called weapon ring it might be armory ring but you get given a ring and the mechanic what ties into that is that 
you at any one time you have three weapons equipped, three melee weapons equipped to yourself. Yeah. Um, and in the settings, you can set it to uh, automatically switch to your strongest weapon. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Semi-auto- semi-automatically or manually switch. Now, the other thing that ties into that is that each weapon has what they call a focus gauge, which is, you know, 100% charge bar. Yep. And at 100%, the weapon glows slightly more stronger, and that if you use a special skill with a weapon that is 100%, it will be a stronger version of that skill. It will power up that we- that particular attack. Okay, that makes sense. And if you've got to set on automatic, if you've got to set on semi or semi-automatic or automatic, it will uh, automatically equip to the next 100% charged. If none of your weapons are 100% charged, it's because automatically equips to your strongest weapon. Okay. If you've, also got, if you've got to set it on automatic, though, you cannot you cannot manually switch your weapon. So you are just stuck with whatever the game gives you. You're stuck with whatever it gives you. So I never used that. I was just on, sem- I was on semi-automatic and just changed through as I used it sort of thing. So is semi-automatic, you can manually switch, but there is a yes. sort of switch to strongest option. Yeah, it's it's got... You can manually switch as you like by pulling the uh, left trigger, the L2 button. But it has the mechanic in that if your weapons are 100%, it will automatically switch to your strongest gotcha. weapon. Yeah. So it will or, do the switch to 100%, but yeah. you can change your weapon at any time. Yeah. Okay. And cool. then if you use, like, because it's on your strongest weapon at 100%, when, it's, when you use the special attack, it will automatically switch to your next 100% weapon. Yeah. Rather than keep on your strongest weapon. But if they're all, if they're all empty, it will automatically switch back to your strongest weapon. And it's not a particularly hard game, per se, for a JRPG. Um, I did a little bit of grinding in it, and I ended up being practically overpowered for the rest of the game. Okay, so difficulty curve pretty well balanced. Yeah, I mean, it can vary if you decide to go off and do like the extra boss fight type things and or go into an area you're not meant to be in yet. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I think it can, you can get to points where, oh, this enemy is much stronger than me. Which is usually a sign that you should come back there later. Yeah. <laughs> but there's always that thing of, well, maybe I can dodge out the way of the attack. I'll give it a go. You never know what will happen. Yeah, maybe and, I can you know, treat it like a Dark Souls boss. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that one time is one a lot time, of XP. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But um, come the end of a battle, of a battle, it doesn't give you a post-battle menu screen. So you level up in battle. You uh, pick up items and weapons and the uh, money from the field in your fight sort of thing Mm -hmm. so that uh, it doesn't give you an overall here's how much experience you earned for this battle here's the amount of gold you earned that kind of thing yeah it just keeps the flow going yeah dialing down on that ARPG thing yeah but it doesn't it doesn't get the situation of if you don't pick up everything you lose it so uh, if you're on like the world map it just then appears around you 
on the world map for you to pick up still. Okay. If you're in a dungeon, it's just there. It doesn't go away. Fair enough. That sounds good. Yeah, and it's one of the things of you'll pick up wep- you'll be getting weapons from enemy drops and stuff that to the point where it's almost no reason to ever buy a weapon in this game. <laughs> and I like games, especially JRPGs, that do away with some of the, the busy work and micromanagement. Mm. That's always appreciated. Yeah. And then uh, you get one ranged weapon for each character, with Roland's being guns, uh, Evan's being uh, magic wands, <clears throat> and then the final one is bow and arrows. So then there's six characters to collect, and you basically have two sword users, two uh, spear users, and then two uh, guys who use both axes and giant war hammers. And I mean, like, in a anime massive yes, hammer. Yes, I, I kind so, of <laughs> gathered that's where yeah. you're going with it. So all the tropes are covered. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the breakdown's pretty good. So in that, I mean, the two, the two sword users are Roland and Evan. So you're kind of stuck with those few sword users regardless. But then the, the other categories are broken down to a male and female for each weapon type. So you've got... Uh, so you got your from the start of the from the start of the game more or less you have two sword users who are male one female uh, spear user and one male axe and hammer user mm-hmm. and then as you progress through you then get the male spear user and then you get the female axe and warhammer user okay yeah so is this a game where you sort of pick up different characters you can mix and match with different synergies yeah. and things Kind of. I mean, the team, the team is still a team of three, like in the first game. Yeah. Um, there is kind of a, a creature system to it. So there, in this world, in this version of the world, there are things called Higglies. Higglies. Yeah, they are basically the. They are like the soots, uh, the the soot sprites from Spirited Away. Okay. Or the weird little white things from Princess Mononoke. You know, they're, they're, they're the spirits. Yes. Kadamas, yeah. And um, they they speak with higgles and piggles and these. Okay. That's how they speak. And they are they have different elements attached to it. So you've got your fire, your water, your light, your dark. And you can have a team of four go with you into battle. Mm. And you don't really control them. You don't, like, tell... You don't, you know give them a thing to do and they're just sort of there on the field and they have their own sets of abilities where they might cast heal on you or give you a buff or debuff on the enemy. Right. So they're sort of a a passive attribute. Yeah. There is some direct thing you can do with them. So every now and again, they like the, they themselves will summon smaller versions of their element to them. And when there's enough of them, they can cast a bigger version of the spell. Gotcha. So if it's a healing one, it will cast one that will create a area that will you can stand in and heal. Or there are certain ones that will cast that will create a cannon to fire at your enemies, <laughs> or summon uh, a big knight to fight for you. Okay. You know there there are different abilities. One of the darkness ones I had created a, essentially um, a gravity zone that stopped the enemies from moving. 
it pinned them to the ground, sort of in. Cool. And so sort of a um, crowd control mechanic. Yeah. And uh, they can be found uh, around the world. There's 30 to find, like, dotted around the world in what they call Healy Stones. And the mechanic behind there is that to be able to get this one to join you, you have to give it a crafting item. Gotcha. But you've got to guess which is the correct crafting <laughs> item. Ah, the right. Clue it's okay. given, yeah. From the clue it's given to you, it gives you. So it'll be like one I had was, go, was going, I want that white stuff you can drink, but the really creamy one. So hopefully cream. No, it was whole milk. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was in that vein sort of thing. And sometimes it's like, I want that fur, but it's got to be just that particular type of fur. And it just gives you a generic attribute that you might have that right one. And you sacrifice that item to get this character to add to your collection. And then from there, um, you can learn spells. You can, you unlock a, uh, special attacks as you play through and level up and yeah this the it grow it for an action rpg of it you know of your kingdom hearts type and all this kind of mm. thing yeah that might be a worked, better analogy yeah it worked really well much better than nino kuni the first one for the combat it just for me at least it worked a hell of a lot better Okay. Well, I mean, looking at the Wikipedia, I have seen that the studio said that it would deliver the promise of the first game. So I think they kind of agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as you, so as um, you escape Ding Dong Dell. I just love that name. Yeah. That's actually uh, one of the cities from the first game. So that, so Ding Dong Dell does exist in. Nino Kuni. I mean, they're definitely going for an aesthetic with Ding Dong Dell and Higgledees and Mr. Drippy yeah. and Petty Whisker. Yeah. They, they know <laughs> what they're about. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, you've got the various other nations in this world. So you've got uh, Goldpore, which is a city completely focused on gambling and tourism. And, and run by ro- the cat people? No, run by the dog folk. Oh, the they're new, okay. Yeah, they are. So in in this in this world, there are the Grimmelkin and the Mousekin, the Dog Folk, uh, humans and Merfolk. Okay, yeah, I think I can kind of interpret what each of those are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these are the races of the, and then then there are robots, and I'll get to that a bit later. Um, and are they magic robots? Or are they robot robots? They are robot robots. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, the aesthetic to Goldpore is um, China. Right. It's all Chinese designed. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the casino is all Mahjong and all sort of thing. Um, all the, so you can buy food uh, that gives you buffs and stuff for your wine and battle. And you have like a, a hunger meter that it fills so that you can, you know, if you eat, let's say, the meat buns, it only fills you up a little bit so you can eat something else. 
to go with it. Whereas some of the, the higher rank dishes fill you up entirely. Yeah. So you can't stack. Funnily enough, same system in Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and that's like the first city you go to after, that's the first, the first place you go to, uh, big city you go to after leaving Ding Dong Dale. It's the first like um, bit you try to take to help out. Uh, then you get to go to Hydropolis, which is a secluded marine nation of merfolk and humans. And their whole bit is that uh, their queen has been looking after their kingdom for 3,000 years. And it's remained unchanged for 3,000 years. No one, no one, no one leaves. Mm. Like if you if you're from Hydropolis, you don't leave Hydropolis. It's like okay, why? And that's what you're trying to find ah, out. Ah, the terrible secret of Hydropolis. Mm. It's not that terrible a secret <laughs> in overall, but I won't go into it because people want to play it. Fair enough. And then uh, the final. Uh, other than Ding Dong Dale, of course, the other nation you there is Broadleaf, who are a you know, industrious, highly advanced techno- technological nation. It's like you know, it's a, their, their whole thing is let's make it. Mm. Let's let's you know, how can we revolutionize the world? So it sounds like Kingdom Hearts really is the analogy with these like progression through themed worlds. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's it's all kingdoms in this one world, yeah. I've been. and uh, yeah, as you progress through that first part, you um, with the help of Roland and the characters you meet on the way, you decide to make your own nation. Okay. Um, because. You were, you know, you still are a king, even if you've been usurped from your throne, sort of thing. We need to start fresh, essentially, from because of the the uh, the mousekin have kicked essentially kicked out the grimmelkin from Ding Dong Dell. So the folks have, you know, they they've escaped, tried to escape and find sanctuary elsewhere. Now, is it Evan's idea to found a new nation, or is it Roland's? It's a combination of everyone. I was just wondering if it was the American president that turned up in a new land and no, decided so, to colonize it. So I'm not sure where I'm going with that. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, so one thing I've I glossed I forgot uh, that I kind of glossed over on the escape from uh, Ding Dong Dell is that uh, Aranella Evans go, um, governess yes. sort of thing uh, sacrifices herself. To help you escape. Okay. Yeah. And she um, instills in Evan the fact of, you know, you can be a great king. You can create a nation where all everyone can be live happily, you know. So she's believe, his Uncle Ben and kinda, doing the yeah. great power, great responsibility, go be a leader thing. Yeah. And Roland... Uh, to basically make it simpler for them to understand, calls himself a king. 
that he is from a nation that till till uh hmm, a later US in the game, president who refers to himself as a king. I don't know where I'm going <laughs> with that. Uh, <laughs> um he little he, bit of politics creeping into this episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, it isn't meant isn't it isn't found out till later in the game that that missile that went off at the start of the game was a nuke. Mm. Sort of thing. It's like that's basically what it, we found we find it later that in his version of our world, it has got to that point of someone is going to hit that red button. Yeah. And it wasn't him. So he doesn't necessarily have a world to go back to, really. Exactly. Gotcha. And, uh, That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you don't find out about that too much later. <laughs> so Ken's gives you this, ooh, it's colourful, oh no. Help the boy out and create a new kingdom and da 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 da. Everyone and is dead. Like, yeah, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you don't have a world to go back to. Huh. Interesting. <clears throat> so, Roland, how's the family? <laughs> uh-huh. how, how do you fancy hanging out here forever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you create a new, you guys create a new kingdom. And uh, each kingdom it has uh, a powerful being called a kingmaker who has a bond with the ruler of the kingdom. Okay. They are basically, they, they are the ones who that officially make the pack to say that this person is the ruler of this kingdom. Cool. Hence kingmaker, and they, I guess. Yeah. And they are basic designs they are like dragons okay so they, they're all different designs so like the the, the kingmaker of, of Ding Dong Dale is kind of like take your western dragon and mix it with a deer okay yep whereas the kingmaker of uh, Goldpaw is more like your um, Chinese dragon uh, I presume yeah Chinese dragon or like more like uh like the guard, the, the guard lions, you know the lion statues. Mm, mm, mm. They, they, it's like that. Whereas the kingmaker of um, Hydropolis is, uh, uh, like a leviathan. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, type thing. And then, and then the kingmaker, the king's maker of Broadleaf, essentially is a mobile battle fortress. Now it sounds like they've got the best kingmaker. <laughs> it's essentially like a dragon turtle with artillery on its back. They have definitely got the best kingmaker. <laughs> so to create a new kingdom, Evan now needs a kingmaker of his own. That makes sense. Is and Roland his kingmaker? No, uh, Roland okay. is. Roland is. Just a person. I thought I'd throw out a prediction there, and yeah. I swung and I missed. No, but there is. Uh, so every kingmaker has their own what they call cradle. So it's, it's a temple, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, you got the temple of fire, a temple of water, a temple of earth, something. There's also the temple of light, and that's where you are going to go and get a kingmaker, and you go for a trial. And you just play as at that point you just play as Evan. And it's a it's a puzzle to solve. And it's you have to 
you're given a story with certain highlighted characters that give you the right. This is the path you need to go. Okay. And you have to walk on this tiled floor that disappears as you step over it in the correct way to get to the right colored characters in the right order. And it could involve like moving a character, a statue around that faces another character because it's part of the narrative Mm -hmm. before you go to the next like book that finishes the, that uh, that part of the puzzle. If you got it correctly, you get to move on. And by the end of it, you realize that you've just basically played through the story of Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Okay, right. It gives you the the story of Oliver and his and his band of merry men going to you know from him arriving to saving the day. That's a pretty neat reference. I really like that yeah. as a sort of reference back to the prequel. That's yeah. that's a good one. Well done, them. The other ref the other reference they've done is that you can get multiple costumes for your characters that don't offer any physical, uh, any like uh, stat adjustments to your characters, just cosmetic. And one of the ones for Evan is Oliver's costume. Right. Cause they got similar costumes. Yeah. That that's so, one of those references that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. And yeah, by the end of it, you then get given the rights to a Kingmaker who is, uh, when he appears, everyone's looking up in the sky for a dragon of some kind. And they look down and there is a little yellow and red sea urchin of a character called Lofty. Okay. Who uh, is Evan's kingmaker. And it's like, okay. And much like Drippy, he's got, He's got the accent and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so this is where you, this is this is your thing, Nino Kuni, is it? To have the 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 fairy folk character to be Welsh or Northern or you know. some sort of regional accent. Yes, and this is like okay, fair, you know, all right, fair enough, whatever. And uh, yeah, so you go with your kingmaker. You go and create your kingdom. And to start with, it's a bunch of tents in a in a in a f- f- uh, part of the f- uh, plains area of the map. And uh, as you progress for it, you end up gain. You help out a like a forest spirit who ends up joining you, part of your kingdom, and he gives you rights to be able to not take down trees from the forest to use for your kingdom. Right. So just unlocking mechanics you, for expansion. Yeah, and that takes you into Goldpaw because he has a debt with Goldpaw because gambling and what. Ah, and it's like he sold, he lost the forest in a bet. <laughs> and as you go to Goldpaw, you find out that it's corrupt, and you work your way through. And shocking in a Japanese game, the society based on the Chinese is corrupt. Yeah, yeah. shocking. And they're dog people. Yeah. So- yeah. So it wasn't just the US president that was going to get us a little bit political on this one. <laughs> so, and uh, if you end up getting a debt with Goldpaw, you get uh, magically attached to these birds. Right, that's that's a right. weird way to it, deal with debtors. Right, and what they are is uh, they are the constant reminder that 
you owe them money. And the way it reminds you of that you owe them money is that it shouts at you, you owe me money. (laughs) I mean, it's blunt but effective. Yeah. And the bigger the debt, the bigger the fatter the bird is. And the louder the bird? No, they're generally just all loud. Oh, okay. And, you know, the people of the city are not very happy because they're constantly losing money because everything is rigged. And, you know, you go through it all and bring evidence to the fact that it's rigged. And da, da, da. And by the end of it all, you find out that uh, the leader of Goldpaw is being controlled by his assistant. Ah, uh, so you have to reveal the, the conspiracy. Ma- yes, dark magic. And uh, it turns out that the uh, assistant is a man named uh, Dolorun, who has gone through all this chicanery to steal the king's bond from the the ruler, which is the you know is the actual magic tie to the kingmaker gotcha. that each ruler has. And uh, through greatness, darkness in uh, the soul of the leader, he's able to take the king's bond from them, which in turn then summons the king, their kingmaker, in, and you have a boss fight with it because it's now wild and out of control. And even though some other fuck stole the bond, you're the one who has to deal with it. Of course, yeah, that sounds about right for an RPG. Yep. And uh, once you defeat it, it sort of calms down and leaves and. You know, everything comes to light and everything sort of returns to the status quo. And uh, all the debts are erased and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, everything is good again. And uh, part of this whole thing is that you are told of uh, a legend a legend of a king who managed at one point to unite all the countries of the world under his rule, but it was utterly peaceful. Okay. This is like all nations under one, one treaty who there is no war. It is, everyone is better off for it. And with all the humility of your average RPG protagonist, I assume Evan's like, I'll do that. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> so what so what you're doing is you've come to, part of the thing is obviously is to help out uh, the forest guy and the other thing once you've got your kingdom set up is that you are um, trying to get the ruler the other rulers of the world to the other kingdoms to join up with you in the declaration of interdependence oh, okay yeah <laughs> And uh, because you've helped, because you solved all this issue, the ruler of Goldpaw does it straight away. It's like, yes, of course. So now it's about going around and securing the cooperation of the other rulers, presumably whilst Dolorun goes around and tries to steal all their king's bonds. Yes. That I had a feeling it was going in that direction. Yep. And as you go through, you know, the queen of Hydropolis is... She's not turned evil, unlike what's happened in the in the other one. Just insular and protectionist. 
Yes. And uh, he manages to get her King's Bond for a moment of weakness. Ah. Sort of thing. And yeah, you fight the King's Maker. Everything's okay. She decides to... So in Hydropolis at this point, there are certain rules. So, like, you know, if you're from here, you can't leave. Yeah. Uh, no one can love. That's a shitty rule. Yep. <laughs> Like you know, people been people have been around for a long time, and you know you're not allowed to love. If you if you're if you are loved, you are punished, and that's how you get yourself into to see the queen. You go for a whole fake proposal, right? Okay, so you fake a love so that you will be punished in yeah. person by the ruler. Yeah, gotcha. And that's when you get your new companion, who is the king's, uh, the queen's right hand man, uh, who ends up by the end of it, or when it's all said and done, she's abolished these rules. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I can her. leave. I'm gonna fuck off." No, he doesn't want to leave. <laughs> okay. He doesn't want to leave. He's he now is. Uh, she's like, "I am the queen. I need a king." So right. Uh, the young, the young man, or uh, Leander, who is the advisor, becomes uh, the fiance of the queen instead, and she sends him with you to help out securing the re- like the the next kingdom's seal. Right. So it's not so much he's eager to leave; it's that the queen is like, yeah. "Oh well, if you're doing this great important thing, I'll send one of my people with you because they're competent." Yes. yes. <laughs> And he's he's great. He's he became one of my uh, fixed party members, sort of thing. So I had Roland, him, and the person you get in the next kingdom. Okay, who joins the Broadleaf you. one? Yes. So you arrive in Broadleaf, and the area around the the kingdom is a wasteland. All natural resources are gone, and it's polluted and all this oh, kind it's of like stuff. Mordor. It's all commentary on industrialization. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and then you get into the city and it's it's all robots and and uh electricity and steam and you know, super advanced for the Sounds world. good to me. I freaking love robots. Yep. And uh as you work work your way through you find out that the uh, they don't technically have a king in Broadleaf. They have a president. I approve more. Bro- I, I like the sound of this place. Because Broadleaf technically is a kingdom because it's actually a company that has enough people in the company that it's actually becoming, so it ends up becoming a kingdom. Oh, so it's a cyberpunk style mega corporation. Yes. Okay, I like it less. <laughs> and then... Uh, and in the the way that Dolaran has affected everyone else, he has corrupted the president and who his name is Zip. Okay. And he Because it's a Japanese JRPG and he's you know, he is a super smart, super intelligent, yeah, nerdy type character, he has the mushroom haircut. Of course he does. Yes. It's just like, oh, he's a Belen. Very nice. It's like, ha ha. 
Oh, Japan. And, uh, <laughs> yep. And, uh, he, he summons his kingmaker to fight you, uh, to, to cause trouble. And eventually Doran takes his king's bond, but he's still not out of the darkness. And he's basically trying to create a fusion reactor. So I assume as the kingsmakers are boss battles, they have been going yes. in escalating difficulty. So yes. I was right. Broadleaf does have the best kingsmaker. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, of the kingdoms that you've mentioned already. Yes, it is yes. the best of the kingmakers that you've so far described. Yeah, design-wise, like appearance-wise, I probably wouldn't say it's the best looking. Yeah, but, but it's a fucking war fortress yeah. turtle. It's it's yeah. the most kick-ass, <laughs> obviously, of the bunch. Yeah, and then um, you you help bring him back from the darkness and reminding him who he used to be, how, you know, how the company started and how he was and how he helped out and da, 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 da. to bring him back to his senses. You fight the King's maker. Everything returns to normal again. He's on your side and, uh, he gives, he's the one that actually gives you your, uh, flying vehicle of the game. Okay. Sort of thing. So, and, uh, from there, the final kingdom to join up is the kingdom of Ding Dong Dell. Oh, yeah, I guess we do need to do that one. Yeah, and obviously <coughs> not on great terms with the kingdom of Ding Dong Dell. No, seeing as they ran you out of town at the start of the game. No, and uh, this... Although, this ooh, bit, I presume they ran you out of town because they were corrupted and evil by Dolaran and his schemes. Ooh, Maybe. 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 Swing now, and a miss. This does this this does lead up to the shortest chapter in the game and the chapter in the game that we go, oh really? We're gonna go for this trope now. Okay. And that's the trope of is Roland actually a good guy? <gasps> I presume the and answer is yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> thought I so mean, it could have been done better and you know the bit that really made me go oh this is what's happening now is the fact of you see Roland in a you know in, in the storage room talking to someone in the hood you know exchanging information and items and someone else from the city overhears them and Hears that something wrong has happened, you know, something doesn't seem right, da da da. And, you know, that could work fine enough as a thing. If it weren't for the fact you can very blatantly tell that the guy in the robe is Leander. <laughs> okay. Like, like, it's it's not even, they didn't hide it very well. It's very blatantly that's well, who it is. Well, maybe it's meant to be. Maybe they don't want it to actually be difficult to work out. No, but it, it, it's one of those things of, so, you know, Roland leaves and it was all a ploy. Basically, it was all a ploy to lure out a spy who had been sent from Ding Dong Dell. And, you know, you make this big harumph and leave and everyone's now like, is he actually bad? So the spy comes out and brings you to Ding Dong Dell. And in the process, you are led up to Mausinger and it's like, I can give you all this information and something. 
as long as you give me power and my own... It's like the typical, you know, the basic idea of I'm going to pretend to be a bad guy to get the bit I'm going to suck up to the villain to get close to them, yeah. Yeah. And what it all eventually rolls around to is that uh, the king of Ding Dong Dell is meant to have a uh, specialised medallion that gives you access to certain hidden parts of the castle. And Evan doesn't have it. He left it behind in his room. And Roland has gone through this whole, sh- whole charade to get into Ding Dong Dale, into the castle, to be able to get up into the room to get this item, to then bring it back to Evan so they can then sneak their way into Ding Dong Dale. As a Using group. all the secret kingly passages. Yeah, yes. that makes sense. And Mausinger's no idiot. He he knows that Roland isn't actually, you know, isn't actually joining them. It's well, yeah, all, I mean, as you said, it wasn't very yeah. subtle. No. and <laughs> Presumably not very knows, subtle for him either. No. And he knows that, because he doesn't have this thing, this must be the thing that he, that he is here for. And he traps in and... Uh, before all this bit happens, he has to get like a show of loyalty. They've captured another member of the kingdom of uh, Evan's kingdom, and show of loyalty was to kill him. It's like you know, if you if you really want to join me, you'll yep, kill this it's man. It's a classic trope. Yeah. So Roland shoots him with his gun. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes like, it a little like, more ambiguous. Yeah, I was like, huh, okay, and then. You get the pendant, you head back out, you sneak back into the prison where this guy was, and then you basically like, wake up, you idiot. You shot me with a sleep, sleep bullet. Ah, yes, those well-known sleep bullets. You know, it, it's something that's come from... Uh, Broadleaf, presumably. No, it came from uh, Hydropolis, because it was something made from like a fish toxin. Oh, okay. It's, you know, it's one of those like, feigning death type yes, situation yes some sea urchin get, uh, venom or something yeah and then uh, another thing they have are basically these sweets that turn you into frogs of course like, yeah of course because you know fantasy yep. world why not and uh, you each take one of those and then jump into the sewers to escape and that's your that's your way out of the kingdom and you return to we return to uh, your kingdom, which is called Evermore. I forgot to mention that. The kingdom you found is Evermore. It's a nice, positive-sounding okay. name. Yeah. He wants a kingdom that, you know, everyone can live together peacefully forever, forevermore. Yeah. So it's He wants to crush evermore. every kingdom under his boot heel. And, <laughs> and it's easier to do that with a kind of positive propaganda campaign. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, so then... And that's the shortest chapter in the game is this, you know, the trope of, oh no, I'm totally a bad guy or wait, yeah, I'm not. Because it's not actually dealing with Ding Dong Dell because there's no Kingmaker, there's no King Bond there. It's just the Roland going in and grabbing the thing. Hmm. But in, uh, in Mausinger taking over the kingdom, he has formed the King's Bond with their Kingmaker. Because Evan never fully got to actually get to that point okay. before before the coup happened. So there was just a that loose kingmaker wandering around Ding Dong Dell going, oh, I wish I had a king. Uh, it, it was in its 
its uh, cradle, as yep. it were. It was in its shrine. And uh, waiting for the next king to come up to offer its offer them their, its, their bond. And Mausinger did that while you escaped and took over. So when you return, you basically walk through the front door because Mausinger knows you have the pendant and has offered you a life, like a, 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 a show of good faith mm-hmm. to come and speak to him and work out a deal to swap the pen for, for whatever. Okay. A pragmatic dude. Okay. I can get behind that. Yep. And, you know, obviously that's not what he's planning to do. He's planning to take obviously, it. Obviously, yes. And, uh, as you go through the process, you, you escape again and you find out, uh, it's like Mausinger wasn't always like this. He was actually a good man and had a good heart and all that sort of stuff. And the king thought very, uh, Evan's father thought very, uh, thought very highly of him. But you eventually learn that you learn that you know Mausinger had poisoned the king. <gasps> that's how he died. <gasps> I know. And uh, so you go to. The uh, the mausoleum where your father is buried to find his diary, his journal. Oh, I was hoping it would be his ghost and it would just turn into like cat person Hamlet. <laughs> and uh, you Macbeth, find out from there that no Hamlet, I am yeah something Shakespeare tragedy yes. ghosts Shakes- Shakespeare ghosts murder tragedy castles. This <laughs> if Rob was here, he would have been like definitely this one. It is definitely Hamlet. Yeah. And then, um, you know, that's where you learned that he actually thought that Mausinger would be is uh, would be a better king than him for the. So the king, the king wanted to end the animosity between the Grimwald king and the Mouse king. He wanted to make Dingondale a kingdom for both for everyone to live happily together. And Mausinger felt as strongly as that for him as for that as he did, if not more. So. For him to finally to, to, to turn and to kill him and all this, what, what has happened, and as we you know as as you figure out straight away, it was Dolaran. Hey, it wasn't okay. a swing and a miss. It was a line drive straight to Centerfield. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't him directly. He was using like Mausinger's right hand man to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like what Dolaran did in Goldpore, but not directly. Gotcha. And uh, so a bit of a worm tongue situation. Yeah, very much a worm tongue situation because this guy is is not very nice, and he's proper weaselly. He was doing it all. He was all doing it for his for uh, for that when he got the king's when Dolan gets the king's bond, he gets ding dong down mm. sort of thing. And uh, you bring you bring this evidence, you bring this stuff to back. Dolaron appears. King's uh he oh it's uh Mausinger's right hand man convinces him to fight Evan that and the fact that killing Evan is the right thing to do. It's the only way for it to, to be fully in control and blah, 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 blah. you fight Mausinger, he loses. Dolaron appears, takes the king's bond, 
kills the toad, the toady. Well, no, he doesn't kill him. He takes his soul from him. That's what he does. Yes. So he's still, he is just an empty shell. That's again, pretty dark. Yeah. And, uh, escapes with the King's Bond. And Bowser is free from the darkness and they give him the book and he reads what it said and it summons Evan's father from spirit from the other world to speak to him and to tell him that you are the right man for the job. You're my best. You were my best friend. I, I forgive you for killing me <laughs> sort of thing. And he breaks it's, down. It's nice to have a little bit of amicable resolution there. Yeah. And he breaks down and cries and is like, I'm sire, I'm sorry, and all this kind of stuff. I will I will become a great king and all this sort of stuff. And then it's like, and I believe you will. And he just turns to Evan, just nods at him, and Evan nods back, and then he vanishes. <laughs> all right, son. No. All right, dead dad. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've just no. had an emotional moment with my former buddy. Uh, there you yeah. are, my boy. You're doing good. Off you go. See ya. <laughs> have nothing to say to you. <laughs> I'm back off to heaven. See you later. How chill. And, Lovely. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Cats. Cats, don't give a fuck. And then uh the bond the 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 the, the pact is made and all the kingdoms, all the major kingdoms are now part of this the de- uh declaration of interdependence. So they all join together to fight Doran and stop him from doing whatever he's trying to do. Whatever his evil machinations may be. Yep. And uh, what that turns out to be is to try and bring back his kingdom that was here a thousand years oh. ago. And fell into ruin. And uh, he summons the Horned One, which was his king's, his kingmaker back then, who was a giant of a king's like he's you know Godzilla-esque in size and doesn't sound like a cheerful uh, fella either no the horned one it doesn't sound it and uh he then starts stealing the souls from people from all over the all over the world so as you traverse the world doing side quests and whatnot you just find lots of people passed out on the floor because their souls are missing lovely <laughs> yeah and uh, he's like, "I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna sneak, I'm just gonna. Uh, can I just get past you to get that glowing spot on the floor so I can pick up the item? Thank you. <laughs> uh, I am trying to fix this. I'm sure. Ooh, it's some berries. Very nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So the and then you know, so you have all the kingdoms to all the king. Uh, all the rulers come together and bring all their armies with them and you go off to fight the Horned One and defeat Doloran and find out what his, you know, what his plan is all in all. And, uh, yeah. You get there, you fight the Horned One, you defeat it enough so it lets its guard down so you can get inside it. Yeah, uh, we find a lost city, very pretty lost city, now white marble. And it ate the city. 
it's in the cities in it somewhere and uh what it turns out to be is that it's not actually the city it's just what Dolaron wishes it to be you know this this right. place is, this place doesn't actually exist it's a sort of manifestation of his desires yes and what you find out uh from so you have to like defeat four bosses that uh, hold the keys to let you into the, through the main gate to get you up to the temple where Dolorun is, and you make your way through. And all the while this is happening, and uh, through the previous chapter as well, Roland is getting these weird pangs of pain in his chest, and you see like the darkness sort of fluttering from him, and you're like, okay, what's going on there? And as you've been working your way through the Horned Ones, it's happening more and more. And at one point he passes out and he wakes back up in his world, in our world, his oh, version right, of our world. Oh, right, back on Earth. Back on Earth as his old his older man self after the bomb had gone off and there's his son. And he's, he's like, you're okay? And da 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 and I'm so glad you're okay. And he hugs him. And the son basically goes, I wish that were true, essentially. And it pans out. And he's got, his way his eyes should be are just these black, dark holes. Like, you know, like windows into darkness. Yeah. And it's just like, oh God. And then. That was it, even worse than Vista. <laughs> And then it cuts back to Roland in this, in, back in the other world, is young Roland. And they're like, are you okay? Because he passed out. He's, he's like, like, fuck no. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm, he's like, I'm fine. I just felt. Well, that is a lie. I just needed a nap. If he, if he is fine, then there's something very wrong with him. Yeah. It's just like, I need a nap. It's, it's fine. I can do this. I need a nap. And then, then you work, you work your way up and. Um, you end up in Dolorun's room and that's when you've and uh, Dolorun's design is uh, he's a man with a giant snake head like helmet on his head mm. and it's, it wraps around his body sort of thing and uh, he magics it off and everyone's like <gasps> Because Dolorun looks like Roland. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. And like. Spoiler warning. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler for all of this. <laughs> Should have said really. Um, and. Uh, it turns out that some souls are. Irrespectively linked between the two, between multiple worlds. Sort of oh, they so are soul bonded. They are soul bonded. Yes. So the pains he is feeling is because any pain inflicted on Dolorun will affect Roland and vice versa. And it's just like, right. So oh. the story ends here, right? Because Roland has just seen this nightmare vision of his son. He knows that the world has been nuked. He's got no home to go to. And if he kills himself, then the bad guy dies. So presumably Roland then pulls out that trusty gun and just offs himself and the whole story is done with. I wish I could say that's how it ended, but no. <laughs> that would have no. been a simpler ending, I suspect, yeah. than whatever happens from this point on. Yep. 
So you fight Dolaran, you defeat him. Uh, you find out that the reason he's gathered the King's Bonds together was that uh, he was trying to bring back one. his trying to bring back his city and trying to bring back the one uh, the woman he loved. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, it's a it's a it's a a love story, you know. And it's like now, what the trick there is that. Doloran was a young king mm-hmm. in his country, one who, you know, he thinks he shouldn't have taken the throne. He was too young to do so. And what happened was he felt he committed the, the greatest sin, as they put it, of falling in love with his kingsmaker. Right. Well, uh, okay, his, this immediately his, seems unfair to yeah. me because you've got Zip, with his Battle Turtle War Fortress that he's yeah. not allowed to fall in love with. I think that's safe. <laughs> You've got this Leviathan underwater, again, yeah. not allowed to fall in love with it. Probably fine. Yeah. And this guy, just a horny teenager, was presented with a woman. No, no, his his Kingsmaker was still dragon thing. Oh, it okay. Could turn, it could turn into a human form. I, I mean, that still seems to be like, yeah. Skirting the line of temptation in a way that the others do not. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, and in the other side of it is that she created the gravest sin that uh, she could create. Loved him and back? That was, loved him back, uh... yes. And gave up her powers of Kingsmaker to be with him. Now, what they didn't know was the fact that the Horned One... Uh, is basically the embodiment of evil. Where he thought the Horned One was her, turned into this thing. She was like the seal on the Horned One. Right. So the final boss that appears in the game is the like the released Horned One. And it's like a you know, devil char- devilish character. Yeah. Big a demon. Wings, big horns, yeah. Being the Horned One, of course. And uh, in giving up her powers, she released him, and all hell broke loose. It took the 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 gods cursed, you know, took her life away to create the seal, and took the country in the process, and sealed them away in another dimension. Somehow, Dolaran survived, and uh, yeah, so you you know. You defeat the horned one, and you free you, you. You complete. You actually destroy it. It's an, its essence. Uh, you free. Uh, his love, free her soul, so she can go off into the ether to be reborn at some point in time. And it's one of those stories of between the two of them of we will find each other again. Mm, mm. You know, someday, somewhere, yeah, we will be together, and uh, in doing so, you save the day. The kingdoms are okay, you know, everything. And the kingdoms fa- are united, and everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah, and uh, it cuts to Roland in the throne room of Evermore, and he's sparkling blue with magic and 
he is returning back to his world. Which is gonna suck. You'd think that, but in Defeating the Horn one, it kind of reset time, essentially. Ah, okay, so timey-wimey. Yeah, timey-wimey. It rolled everything back. So before, well before nuclear was an, was an option. And, you know, credits roll. That's it, that's it. You know, he disappears and the credits roll. Gotcha. And then as the credits scroll through... Uh, it gives you still artwork from you know your journey through the game. Yeah, and it gives you some more information actually from some of the artwork. So a bit of an so, epilogue kind of a thing. Yeah, and uh, like when you see the packs between Mausinger and Evan being done, you see uh, the spirit of his father and his mother in the background looking on him. Mm. Sort of thing. It's like, oh, okay. We now get to see what the mum looked like after all of this. Sort of thing. And they do actually love him and actually care for him. And even even if his dad had not one word to say to him when he reappeared. Yes. And then you see uh Aranella's grave and her spirit is like above them watching on them as well, sort yeah. of thing. So it's like it kind of wraps up some of the loose ends. And then uh after that credits roll, it cuts back in-game footage. Well, it cuts back to video footage of the cavalcade from the start of the game. Oh yeah, yeah. The cars uh, rolling into to New York across the bridge, and I'm presuming not getting nuked. Not getting nuked, no. And Roland is there in the car, and his aide is talking to him, saying, "Do you really think people will go for it, sir? You know, do you really think they'll sign it?" And he's like, "It's never been done before." And he's like, it's a fucking declaration of interdependence, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it has happened once before. It's like, yeah. And it's like, really, sir? It's like, yeah. A small, you know, a small country far away. Sort Very of fucking far away. Yeah. And then it, that's it. And, uh, oh, something I forgot to mention. During the end of each chapter, it cuts to. Uh, a scene of Evan sitting at a table having tea with another boy. Okay. Who's kind of, they're kind of, you know, talking about what's happened. And the boy gives him advice about stuff. And it's kind of like, but who are you? And he's like, oh, now's not the time for that. And they go on. And it cuts back to, in and carries on. And what it turns out at the end of it all, it cuts back to the boy and it's like, so it's all done. It's like, it's like, and it's like, yeah, I know who you are. Evan goes, and it's like, you're the guy who did the pact before. Because so the previous, sorry, my cat's from, interrupting. For the right. second week in a row, the cat has decided that we need to start wrapping up the podcast. Sure, I'm, I'm almost done. <laughs> I had a feeling we were nearly done. Yeah, and it's uh the the um. It's like you're you're the guy from before who did this who did the Declaration of Independence before. You're you're the reason behind me doing this. And he's called uh, King Ferdinand, and he's like, yes and no, I am Ferdinand, but I've not done this yet. And he's like, what? He's like, I'm your son. 
Okay. From, from the future. And it's like, what? It's like, I have the ability, I've had the ability ever since I was born to be able to send my essence into the past or the future sort of thing and see things. And what greater story than to see how my father became the man who he was. And what it turns out is that the the woman who told you the legend of the king who did this yeah. originally is actually a seer. And she saw the future of what Not was to happen. Past. Yeah. And s- uh... span it to make it seem like this is the thing to do. And you were creating the, st- the setup for what he was going to do. And after that, it cuts to him as an adult. Um, after the, the world is unified altogether under the one treaty, like every small nation is when it, the entire world is at peace. Gotcha. So you Something. actually set up the dream that inspired you to do the thing you do. Yes. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Of course. Yes. And that is yeah. very Japanese. Yeah. And, uh, that's that's it. You know, everyone everyone gets a happy ending, essentially. Except for Dolorin, I suppose. I, I guess, but... Because he kind of... He, in... I suppose he returns to... It doesn't really state what happened to him. That's the thing. We're just left to assume that he returns to the outer world, much like his love did, mm. to be reborn at a later date. And that's I guess he why, got a better ending than he deserved. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that was Nino Kuni too. That was the the the, the run, the basic run through of what happens. Cool, a game oh. that starts with yeah. Higgledees and Ding Dong Dell and yeah. ends with darkness. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention the 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 girl, uh, the, the the team member you pick up in Broadleaf. Yes, is a girl, is a woman called Bracken. And she is a, uh, she is like one of the founders of Broadleaf with Zip. Okay. And uh, one of the memories you use to bring him back to his, bring him back to himself, is a personal memory of hers, where she somehow lost her leg through some accident at, mm. during work, and he makes her a new leg. And she's like, "But it's not my leg," and it's like. It doesn't matter. You are you. You're a great person. A leg's a leg. Mm. We can make you a new leg. You are what's important sort of thing. And that's the bit that triggers the return for Zip. Was that okay. major memory. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, so, and within the gameplay itself, there are a myriad of, it's like 175 side quests to do. Jesus. Varying from... <laughs> The standard fetch quests to boss fights to there's like a a very miniature style RTS function in the game as well, like a kingdom battles. Okay, and uh, there are parts to do from there, and the kingdom of Evermore, when it starts off very basic, you can create. Uh, you just, you know you upgrade the kingdom so you can make a weapon shop, an armor shop, magic shop. Yeah, so there's uh, some sort of... It, it's like HQ management, but it's yeah. your whole city. Yeah, you got a Higgledy place where you can make more Higgledies. Oh no, Higgledy breeding. Yes. Is there a whole Higgledy uh, breeding subsystem? 
Yes. I thought type, they might type, be. Type kind of thing. Basically, the, you cook up Higgledies by offering certain uh, uh, items together, and that's they create a Higgledy. Yeah. Sort of thing. And there's many of those to collect throughout the game, as well as the 30 <laughs> you find out and about. Um, and you, there are 100 citizens to recruit for your city. Okay. They each have their particular, uh, so you can research in the city for the various buildings. You can research like higher weapons you can build or better magic you can mm-hmm. learn or stuff like <clears throat> you can get barracks where you can boost the amount of experience that you earn in fight or boost the amount of experience that the reserve guys will earn. All this kind of stuff. And that's all based on uh, traits that each character has, um, which uh, that each one has like, there's like four areas within the management. So it's like the crafting guys, the magic guys, um, the explorers and like the Higgledies, yeah. essentially. And you each need so many as if an IQ of each thing to do the research mm. and you can have up to six personnel per thing to get the amount you need. And only certain characters have, might have the ability you need to learn a certain thing. So you have to do the side quests to earn these characters and figure out what they need. And it can go on like the, you will, the, you will not get them all without beating the game. Yeah. There is post game content that you can only do, you can only get after finishing the story. I mean, once you reload your new game plus, if you will, or your continuation, you end up in the, the bit just before you fight the final boss. So you can then leave and carry on and do everything else. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's sort of, you, that's the yeah. point of no return and you reload yeah. and go, do you know what? I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. It's when you go, I'm going to warp out of here and go and, Finish the side quests. Research the the top rank weapons mm. and that kind of stuff, <clears throat> or do all the dungeon side quests, or do all the extra boss f- fights. And yeah, I mean, I was the final boss fight level and my level were more or less the same, and it wasn't particularly hard. I've had harder fights with the optional bosses. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's like. You know, if you just play for the story and you play it wisely, you can do it fairly easy. So the story is well balanced, but there are challenges in there if you wish to pursue them. Oh yeah, like where I am to like round off the game for all the extra content, I kind of now have to grind my character up to max level to be able to beat the final extra bosses. Yeah, they are just that hard. And I think that's like, a good way of doing it. I like the idea of throwing in the big challenges, but actually yeah. making the story quite manageable. Yeah. You can even learn a spell, like the last spell, one of the last spells you can learn in the spellcraft part of your kingdom is a spell that lets you be able to refight the king's makers. Huh. Okay. So you so can think, just and, go back and do them as challenge battles. Yeah. But every time you do it, they get stronger. Yeah. So it's one of those things of you can use them to sort of grind out your way. Or just give you a harder challenge. Mm. But no, it's... If you like your... If you like your JRPGs, it's worth playing. If you liked the first Nino Kuni, it's worth playing. 
even if you didn't like the first Nino Kuni, it's worth playing. <laughs> so I, said, I didn't think much of the first one, but this one grabbed my attention and it was really good. I've been playing, this is pretty much the only game I've been playing since Father's Day. Jesus. Yeah, I've put 70 plus hours into it when I can. <laughs> Jesus, you know. that's a lot of hours. Yeah. I mean, I mean don't get me wrong, for a JRPG, oh, yeah, that oh, yeah. can be seen pretty middle ground yep. for some games. But considering that, you know, I am one of two gamers in this house, three gamers <laughs> in this house now. Rather. That's true, yeah. Uh, and I only get limited time really to, to, to do gaming when it's not Jen wanting to play or Evie wanting to use TV or me at work or me just being too tired and want to watch something on TV. Like all of Final Space again, all this kind of <laughs> stuff, and you know all this sort of thing, and it's just this game. It grabbed me. Apparently, Actually, I've got I've got Yakuza Zero and Kiwari sitting on my PlayStation waiting for me, <laughs> and I've been going, "Do I want to really keep doing this? Or I can go and play on this." I'm like, "Ah, uh, go on, I can do another little bit, and that'll be another." <laughs> It'd be like another two or three hours. Oh shit, it's three o'clock in the morning. Fuck. I need to get at least, I need to get some sleeping because Evie's going to wake me up in a little bit. Yep. Again, I know, I know you're paying my cats exactly the same. Yeah. And yeah, it's. Aren't you? Yes. It's great fun. And even if you're not a great fan of JRPGs, if you like action, if you just like action games, like your Devil May Cry type combats. It's got that in the combat yeah, system. Yeah, it sounds like it avoids the the biggest problems I have with JRPGs, which are endless random encounters and menu battles. This thing, um, when you when it comes to the, the random, when it comes to the the um, boss, uh, the the enemies you come in and get get to in the game. If your level is uh, around their level, their names appear white on the map. So it has a sort of challenge it. indicator. Yeah. If you are much stronger than them, they appear blue and they will ignore you. Mm. So you can skip fights. You have no intention. Obviously, if it's, a, if it's on the world map, if you bump into a random encounter, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a dungeon, as long as you don't attack them, they'll leave you alone. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Sort of it, it's like in a lot of MMOs. If you go back <coughs> to a low-level area, the mobs yeah. do not bother with you because they know what's no. going to happen. But if they, if they are white or red in their difficulty for two levels, they will chase you down. Yes. To a certain point. If you get if you keep going, they will leave you alone. But if you're in an area where they're all they are all white or red, they're not you can, you're gonna get hit by something somewhere or other. If you're in a dungeon, you you just end up in a fight. Yeah. You have no control over it. It's like, oh they're seeing you fuck. Here we go. And yeah, the the because you can customize which skills you have on your skill, uh, skill bar and all this kind of stuff, you can build the game however you want. The one advice I give you from the start is keep Roland in your team, at least to start with. If you don't, you know, if you don't like him as game goes on, swap him out for someone else. But he has a better starting attack power than Evan does for the same type of weapons. Mm. So it's kind of like where Evan kind of is better in magic than Roland is for a game where hack and slash is your basic attack. Then you want Roland that basic attack. Yeah. Yeah. I said, as the game gets on, you might think, 
no, let me, you might start playing with Evan and think, oh no, he's actually like using him. Because in, in a fight, you can press down on the D-pad and it switches between your three players. Yeah. So you can strategize it so that, you know, use your three weapons 100%, switch to another character who might have one available because they will still use the special attacks even if you pre you know, preset up beforehand because they're playing being played by AI. Yeah. But you might get a situation where use your three, switch to another character. Oh, they've still got two left. Great. Bang, bang. And you switch through. <clears throat> and work through what's best for the fight. And, yeah, it... <coughs> Excuse me. I've been playing it for, what, 70-plus hours across, was that two, three months? More or less? Mm-hmm. And it's made, it stopped me from playing other games. Which is always a positive review. Yeah. And if you like JRPGs, great, you'll love it. If you don't like JRPGs, See if you can find it. So, so you've got a friend who's got it, can lend it to you, you know, or if it's on sale. What if, I'm not a huge fan of JRPGs, but I like the yeah. sound of a, metal, a massive Battle Fortress turtle dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he he appears <laughs> later in the game, but yeah, he does appear. He does sound pretty cool. He sounds like my kind of thing, I have to say. His name, his, his name is Bastion as well. Oh, well, that's just making horrible comparisons with Overwatch now. But <laughs> but it's a, yeah. it's a good name for a battle fortress. Yeah. Battle, tur- battle Turtle. Yep. But no, it, it's... Considering, like I said, what I came from with Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch... I didn't know what I was going to think about this one. Because I didn't actually do any look. I didn't look up on it beforehand. Mm. I was like, oh, it's Nino Kuni 2. All right. It looks interesting enough. I'll ask for it for Father's Day. I got it. I started playing it. Really enjoyed it straight away. The fact it takes, yeah, you know, maybe 10, maybe 10 to 15 minutes to get into actual gameplay. That helps. That helps a lot. It's very quick. Especially for a JRPG where you're expecting to be, again, you know, you could be... 20 to 30 minutes. 20 to 30 minutes in some cases, yeah. And uh, it kept me going. It kept, you know, it's not wholly original. Some of it, you know, you can pretty much get the gist of it very quickly. You can get see the tropes there. Right, this is going to be this, this is going to be this, da, 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 da. It still has the typical RPG elements of, I want the, you know, you fetch quests. I need two of these things. Go find them for me. More often than not, you might already have them if you do a little bit of grinding because you pick up shit everywhere. The, the crafting materials, they, they appear on the map and in cities and stuff as like spark, white sparkles on the floor. Mm. If you go into a fight in the world map, they just, they just reappear or in a dungeon that resets them. That's how you can sort of grind out. If you know where to find certain items, you can just go, right, Collect them all. I didn't get the one I wanted. Quick fight. I keep going. Yeah, so you can just farm them. Yeah, I mean, when you get to a certain point in your kingdoms, you get, uh, you get parts where you get like farms and stuff, which generate items for you to collect in the city. Mm. Like, just it generates the supplies for you. And by the end game, you get the items, like the almost end game items that don't involve you having to go into the final dungeon to get them. Yeah. And it's one of those, and it's just like, yeah, it's designed in such a way where 
it's easy enough for everyone. Some of the some of the optional boss battles can be harder if you're not in, if you're not quite good at the combat system. But they're optional. But they're optional, exactly. Obviously, if you want to do everything, you want to get all the citizens, you want to do, you know, you want to get all the trophies kind of thing, you're going to have to do them. But if you're not, if you just want to play first a fairly good fantasy story with really nice art, you know, visuals to it, good voice acting, mostly good voice acting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth a go. Cool. Sounds, um, yeah, it sounds good and, and uh, interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed and being I the apo- layman for this one. And I apologise to people who liked the original Inukuni. I couldn't really talk much about it. It was kind of, it was really a kind of, uh, I don't really remember what happens. It's been a while. I even reading Wikipedia. Maybe go, I'm not quite sure what happens. Well, you managed to talk about it to a greater length than I would have. So, yes. I thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. So if I, if listening to this has, interested you in any extent to playing Nino Kuni 2 or Nino Kuni 1 give them a go I mean Nino Kuni 1 is pretty much next to nothing in certain places if you look for it and Nino Kuni 2 is about I don't know about 20 or 30 quid now I think which is it was for, yeah that's lower than your it was, usual AAA price yeah. I mean, it was 40 something for a while after it came out it was still it kept its price for a while, which was unusual for um, a JRPG in this day and age. But no, it, it's definitely worth picking up or a lend, you know? Yeah, sounds good. I'm going to see if I... Well, I'm probably going to wait on this one and see if it turns up as a PS Plus game or something, because it's the it sort of do. thing that might... Yeah. This one's probably more likely to end up uh, to two appear of that rather than the first one did because I don't think the other first one ever did. Mm. Well, I'd, I'd say the the games that are slightly less successful are possibly more likely to turn up as <laughs> that's true, PS yeah. Plus. We'll see. Well, the other thing of it is you turn up here enough, I can just lend it to you. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that might happen. I, mean, I have it on disc, so <laughs> there we go. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that. No, thank you for listening, and thank you. For listening. And if you want to get in touch with us, please do tweet at us. We are at Unprepared Show. You can watch us on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. UK time, when we stream the recording of this live, mostly close to 8 p.m. at twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared. And whilst you are there, you will find a link to our Discord server if you want to come and chat to us there. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can also go to dangerouslyunprepared.com and leave suggestions for topics you want to hear us talk about in the future. Uh, until then, you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon. And I have been Jack. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>